and we are live. Woo! Good morning, Patrick. How are you, brother? Doing great. Living the dream. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We oh, hey, are good morning. Echo, echo, echo. So, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, hang on a second. Drink of coffee. Ah! God, that's good coffee. You know, us men are so easy to please. Or at least me. I don't know about other men. I will speak for myself. All I want is a good cup of coffee and a good sandwich. That's it. Give me a good sandwich. And I'm not even I'm not even picky with this sandwich. I will have a peanut butter and jelly. Oh yeah. I'm wearing my new shirt. I will have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I'll be happy. That's it. I'll sit at the kitchen table, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I I'm in heaven. That's it. Uh, maybe add some original ruffles. Ooh, that. God, that sounds good. Ugh. Okay. I got to get my mind off food. Let's see who we got in the chat here. Ah, my wife. Yes. Yep. I am wearing some new swag. Which, those of you who will be at the, the event this weekend in Texas, uh, we'll have shirts, hoodies, uh, we got some other swag, I think. And, oh, shout out to Cat. All right, uh, Cat sent me and my wife a um, a box of all kinds of stuff. Uh, oh, yes, we'll also have mugs. And Kat, thank you very much. That was very nice of you. Uh, our cat did get the toys and... Uh, Our cat's getting old, but, yep, there's my wife. Tea and cat toys. Thank you. Thank you once again, cat. So, let's jump right in here. Ah, there she is. Thanks, cat. Um, let's jump right in here. This 
is the best news I've heard in a long time. We have wealthy people, and I'm talking Michael Saylor, wealthy people, who are fed up with, let's say, other entities messing with the price of Bitcoin. We have a group, and I'm not going to name the group. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say who's in the group, but there's a group of wealthy people who are going to go on certain exchanges and actually purchase the Bitcoin <clears throat> on the open market in volumes that will raise the price of Bitcoin. Now, see, we've all heard that the wealthy people are buying over the counter. That's true. That is absolutely true. But now we have wealthy people who have accumulated enough Bitcoin. Listen to this and it'll make sense. If you have a large holdings of a product, let's say Bitcoin. Let's say you hold a ton of Bitcoin and you can manipulate the price of that item up and you get a few friends to help you do this you can manipulate the price up as others not as wealthy as you are trying to Manipulate the price down. See, the people who are trying to keep the price down have an agenda other than actually purchasing it at a lower price. There's another group, and this group is... Uh, associated with the government. This group is trying to control the price of the Bitcoin and keep it down for political reasons. They don't want the general public to look at the bond market, look at this uh, stock market, look at oil, look at all this other stuff, and then see the Bitcoin rising. 
So they manipulate the price down and they have an agenda, a political agenda, a control agenda. Now, on the other side of this, now we have a bunch of wealthy people who are tired of the manipulation. What if you were super wealthy? What if you, all right, what if me? What if we were super wealthy? Do you think that we would use our wealth to manipulate an environment to our benefit? I think we would. Well, if your if your corporate uh, structure and your your mindset is pro Bitcoin for the rest of your life. If you don't think that Michael Saylor is going to hold his Bitcoin for the rest of that guy's life, you ain't paying attention. Now, I think, well, actually, I know for a fact that this group's has recognized the other group. They have they they have seen the on chain shenanigans of the governmental group. And they are going to war with that group. Now, you're not going to read this on Coindesk. You're not going to read this on Cointelegraph. If you watch the blockchain, you'll see it. Uh, if you watch the inflows and outflows of the four major exchanges, you'll see it. In the last 30 days, do you know how much friggin' Bitcoin has been taken off the exchanges? A historic amount, and I mean historic amount. Somebody, somebody is buying on the exchanges.
and then removing the coins off the exchanges at at large market price levels. I mean, these they're buying a hundred Bitcoin, fifty Bitcoin, whatever they need to buy in order to keep the price gradually going up because that's what they're that's what they're doing we had an announcement last week that there was a group uh, a company a cryptocurrency company that was going to be buying 10 billion let me say it again $10 billion worth of Bitcoin. And they're announcing every day how much they're buying every day. It is way more than is produced every day. This is what I'm talking about, my friends. We are living in a world that is lost its ever-loving mind, but we are going to benefit from it. Oh, and I had someone send me a message. Have you seen Waves? Waves is up 30%. I told you guys. Waves is the Russian Mafia's cryptocurrency. For those of you that have been around for a long time, and I mean, well, hang on. Uh, let me rephrase this. For those of you who were around uh, years ago, certain groups were launching cryptocurrencies. And my job as a quote-unquote influencer and educator in the cryptocurrency space, I looked at the teams of all of these projects. That's my job. My job is relationships. My job is figuring out which projects have legitimate teams and what their use cases are. Well, when Waves came out, I looked into them. I looked into the people starting it. I looked into their history. And it was clear as day <laughs> who they were associated with. Um, 
Waves is the blockchain of the Ukraine. Let's put it that way. So when you see waves jumping up 30%, 40%, 50%, I think in the, since Russia invaded Ukraine, I think waves is up like 140%. That's evacuation. That is, oh, shit, get the money out out of the banks. Get the money out of our safe places and get it into our hiding places. That, my friends, is what's going on with waves. I don't care who you are. That's some good info. Now, am I going to fuck with waves? Hell no. See, American mafia is at, I don't care how many American mafia movies you've seen, America Mafia is like little kitty cats compared to the Ukrainian Mafia. These motherfuckers ain't got no qualms about getting rid of anybody. Uh, And their techniques ain't pretty. Bingo! (laughs) The Kassarian Mafia ain't no fucking joke, dude. Those, alright, let's let's think of some American Mafia people. Um, Let's think of, like, Bugsy Siegel. He's a kitty cat fucking compared to them. They're some hardcore sons of bitches. Yeah, the the only people that are worse than the Kassarian Mafia in America are the government mafia of America. Because let's let's travel back in time. In the old days, the leadership of an area were not known as governments. They they were known as lords. And the lords were the people 
that would kill your sorry ass in a heartbeat. These people were not lovingly taking care of the people who lived on their land, right? The lords of the land were, were the baddest mother pluckers around, right? Probably the baddest mother plucker ever in human history was a guy named Genghis Khan. All right. If you know the real history of Genghis Khan, you understand that Genghis Khan used to eat the leaders of his of anybody that was against him. He would eat the other uh, lords. As he conquered their land, he would eat the king and eat the king's children. See, we think that a bad guy is somebody who robs a 7-Eleven. Yeah, that's a bad guy. But Genghis Khan would eat the children of the people he conquered in front of the parents of the children. That's some mental shit right there. And then he would always make sure there was at least six or seven survivors. And he would send them off to the next town to tell the stories of Genghis Khan. So they'd go to the next town and say, this mother plucker was eating babies. How quick do you think the next town gave up? Because Genghis Khan would walk in wherever he was going to go beat someone's ass walk in and offer them, you give up or we, or we attack. You eat a couple babies, everyone else is like, you know what, fuck that. <laughs> I, I think I'm not going to fight the guy who eats babies. That's the type of people 
that led these countries. Do you think that Alexander the Great was really that great? Oh, no. Alexander the Great was a heathen. Alexander the Great, you, well, we won't get into details because it's, think of Genghis Khan, man, just not eating babies. Everything else, he's good with. But leadership and government and the people, the organizations that controlled the populations, these were not the nice people. See, when you have a government, when, when you have an organized structure of power, it, it naturally attracts psychopaths. Think about it. Do you think that the worst criminals in our society are the people robbing the banks? No. Why rob a bank when you can own that son of a bitch and really rob some stuff? Why rob a bank when you can get elected into a position of power and then have all of the banks bribe you? See, this is the real world we live in. While all of us live our daily lives, wake up in the morning, go to work, grab some coffee, shoot the show, grab lunch with Patrick, head home, hug the wife, have, have dinner, sit and watch Netflix. We think that's the norm, which for 99% of us, it is. But for the people that run this country and the people that, that run these huge, like uh, the United Nations, all right, here's, here's a site, and don't take my word for it. Look it up. Do some research. Have you have you seen that Jabba the Hut looking son of a bitch from the IMF? The dude's neck is as wide as his waist. 
he's the same size from his head to his fat feet. That guy is so unbelievably obese. I mean, we're not just, we're, we're not just talking, hey, I got a thyroid issue. That dude is freakishly obese. Now, do you know the mentality that you have to have in order to be that obese? In the Bible, they call it glutton. That is zero restrictions on your wanting. When that guy wants to eat, he doesn't even hesitate about thinking not to. When, when that guy wants some craving of his fulfilled, there's no hesitation. That is also a sign of a psychopath. A psychopath has zero remorse and has no secondary thought process of any outside consequences to anyone else. And that's one of the leaders of the global government. That's the mindset that all of them have. We are talking some bad people. Now, I'm not saying that that guy has eaten a baby before, but if one got in his way while he was shoving whatever into his mouth, I don't think he would notice a little baby. Just happened to accidentally take his fork or pitchfork, pop the kid, put a bite in the mouth, maybe put a little gravy on him. Maybe, maybe that's what happened. Maybe he accidentally poked the baby and drug it through the mashed potatoes and gravy and then didn't even notice the baby. But I'm just saying. <laughs> this show, this show, this show just went off the rails. Let, 
Let's hear a word from the proud sponsor of this amazing content. <laughs> Proudly supported by Calix Solutions. Are you buying and selling cryptos on the same laptop that you're using to browse the internet, read your email, and visit social media sites? If so, you're exposing your cryptos to theft. Whenever you're online, you're at risk of getting hacked and having your identity stolen. How would you feel if someone stole all of your cryptos? What would that do to your finances? Guard your cryptos with a safe and secure laptop from Calix Solutions. Each laptop is set up just for you and your cryptos, and then we walk you through exactly how it works. Don't risk the security of your cryptos. Order a crypto laptop from Calix Solutions now to secure your crypto future. Learn more at calixsolutions.io. And we're back here at Calix Solutions. <laughs> you can get your crypto-only laptop and 10% of the purchase price of the laptop goes to Calix Charity. It's the anti-eating baby charity. I need to start. Uh, okay. Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I have it. Okay, I need it. Oh, all right. Um, you threw me off, Patrick. I was talking about eating babies or something. I don't know. So, oh, that's a great. What's for lunch, everybody? <laughs> all right. My point is, I got way off on that. All right. Sorry about that. It squirreled off into a whole different place. I'm leaving after the show today, heading to Texas uh, for the Entrepreneurs and Investors event. There are still tickets available for the Saturday and Sunday event. Included in your ticket price is lunch on Saturday and Sunday. And there's a, um, on Saturday, there's like a wine open bar. Uh, so basically, Friday night, Saturday night, probably not Sunday night, we'll all be intoxicated. <laughs> And nobody bring up eating babies, all right? <laughs> so, if, um, oh, hang on a second. Let me switch over here. There we go. All right. So, my point is of this episode is that we're now we have groups at war with each other. We have people that are invested in Bitcoin that know there is now a group that is anti-Bitcoin. And now 
We have the wealthy versus the wealthy. This is going to get interesting because right, we, we have a group that announced yesterday funny that it's led by someone from Ripple that is going to have a campaign and try and talk to the leadership of Bitcoin and see if we can't transfer over to proof of stake. <laughs> These people are either incredibly arrogant or they're incredibly stupid. Do they know, maybe they don't know, that the Bitcoin blockchain is so decentralized that there's a hard fork off of friggin' Bitcoin probably 50 times a day. Yeah. Did you know that? There are projects and there are uh, there are blockchains that hard fork off of the Bitcoin blockchain every day. That's what Bitcoin Cash was. A hard fork off of Bitcoin. If, if this group, if this group gets a little more, a little momentum and gets one little group of miners, one little group of miners, to change the code, it's not going to matter. It's, it's just going to be another hard fork off of Bitcoin. All right. Pin, could you explain a hard fork? Right, a hard fork is just another name for upgrade. It's it's changing the code. All right, let's say this is your blockchain, and you're and it's just chugging along, and it's creating blocks in front of it, in front of it in front of it, in front of it. Then somebody who has been mining that code, running that code at block number 1,185, they slightly change the code. 
that that block when it's issued there will be two blocks and then it will separate and the original blockchain that everyone else is running the code will keep going. This one that slightly changed the code will keep going this way. That's why it's called a hard fork. That's it. That's what Bitcoin Cash was. That's what Bitcoin Gold was. That's what Bitcoin Silver was. That's what Bitcoin... uh, I think there's one actually called Bitcoin Wet. I think. They named this shit whatever they could name it with Bitcoin in it. Like Bitcoin... Bitcoin. This this is such a Bitcoin that we're 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 gonna name it Bitcoin twice. We're we're gonna call it Bitcoin Bitcoin. But the original Bitcoin it keeps going. So that's what it is. That's what these people who are saying And that's what happened with Ethereum and Ethereum Classic was there was a hack of what was called the original Ethereum DAO. That hack, someone swiped a lot of Ether. Well, the community complained and said, hey, I lost a bunch of my ether. Ah, that sucks. So the ether half of the Ethereum team said, okay, we'll roll back the uh, blockchain and we will we will alter the blocks that got hacked. Well, the Ethereum Classic people were like, oh, no, I don't know. If you alter the blocks, then what's the point? What's the point of a blockchain if you're going to roll it back and alter it? it loses its credibility. So they hard forked and Ethereum Classic, which was the original chain, Ethereum split off. So then you had the Ethereum chain and the Ethereum Classic chain. Most people went with the Ethereum, the new Ethereum. Hutch, Hutchkinson's, 
the guy who runs ADA or Cardano, he was one of the guys who was like, oh, you can't, that isn't how blockchains work. What the hell? So he left the project. Um, the, a lot of people just left the project. It's, it's, hey, I'll tell you what, there's been some drama in cryptos. There's been some major drama in cryptos throughout the years. But if you aren't aware of all the times that Bitcoin has been hard forked, it's... It's uh, thousands of times, thousands of times. But the only chain that really matters is the Bitcoin chain. Now, like I said, they could hard fork the Bitcoin and create this new proof of stake Bitcoin, then try and market that as, oh, this is the one we should be using over here, the proof of work. (laughs) No one's going to take that fork seriously. No one's going to go, oh, oh, okay. We'll use that one now. Now, now Michael Saylor, Michael Saylor would love that. Because when you hard fork, let's say you own, oh, I don't know, how many does Michael Saylor own? Let's say you own 130,000 Bitcoin. And somebody hard forks the Bitcoin blockchain. Guess what you have? You have 130,000 of whatever that other coin is. So, when Bitcoin Cash split off of Bitcoin's uh, blockchain, whatever number of Bitcoin you had at that block when they split, you had the equal amount of the other coin. And there were Hell, freaking Coinbase almost got their ass sued out of existence over freaking Bitcoin Cash. Excuse me, my allergies are going crazy. Because when the hard fork came, the people who held their freaking Bitcoin on Coinbase, when the hard fork happened, 
they they were owed because it's like a cow having a baby. If you own the cow and it hard forks and has a baby, you now owned that calf. That's how it works, folks. It's when when you have been in cryptos, as long as I have, that's why I don't get worried. I don't get excited. I've seen people come out of the woodwork. I've, I've seen projects claim that they are the real Bitcoin. I've, I've seen other projects claim they are the, uh, the original Bitcoin. And that anybody who says that they're not the real Bitcoin, they're going to sue. And I'm going to sue you because I, I am Satoshi Nakamoto. And if you say that I'm not, then I'm, I'm going to sue you. Whatever you fucking drama queen. There's so many people. There's been so much drama in Bitcoin. I'm telling you. The freaking days of our lives ain't got shit on Bitcoin. We've had more drama. We've had more people sleeping with other people's wives and girlfriends. and We've had people that um, that went from Bitcoin over to doing porn. We've had but it you'd be amazed at the things that I've sat and went. Wow. That's odd. But through it all, the Bitcoin survives. The Bitcoin thrives. Life is funny. Life is weird. All right. We've had. We've had. All right. S- Steve the org. Or Ogier. Pin who's Satoshi? <sighs> I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Satoshi Nakamoto is Vitalik Butrin's dad. If you look at his dad, if you find the old interview that he did 
where he slipped up and said, when did you first introduce Vitalik to cryptography? He said, when Vitalik was eight is when I first introduced him to cryptography. In 2008, or when Vitalik was eight, he was seven years old. In the interview, he refers to explaining the code of the Bitcoin as his example of what cryptography in a currency was. All right. Someone says, Satoshi is a group of government agents. No. Close. Satoshi. The person who who finalized the code was Vitalik's dad. But leading up to the use of Shaw 256 was military, yes. But the alterations in order to create the token and the double spend issue was, I don't care what anybody, anybody says. Vitalik's dad is an expert in quick, cryptography and an expert in economics. Look at his dad and look at the look at where he was working at when Bitcoin came out and look at where he was living at when Bitcoin came out. I'm just saying, just saying. All right, everybody, get your ass a crypto laptop. Now, I'm leaving for Texas after the show. Got a lot going on today. There will be a show tomorrow morning from Texas. And if you're joining us in Texas this weekend, get ready for a absolute blast. Because when you get a group of crypto people 
in the same place at the same time whenever Bitcoin is on a run-up, there's going to be some partying going on. And I guarantee, guarantee leading the party is going to be, where is he at? Where's my boy? Ah, there he is. Jim Flanagan. Jim Flan. If you're looking for Jimmy, find the bar. Because <laughs> Jim Flanagan is going to make sure we all have a good time. Everyone, have a great day. I will see you tomorrow morning. Love you guys. Once again, get your laptop while, while supplies last, and that's not a joke. Call 702-845-8276. Patrick is sitting by the window in the, at the old folks' home watching the birds out in the bird bath and waiting for your phone call or text or email at info at calixsolutions.io or if you hate Patrick and you don't want to talk to Patrick, you can purchase your laptop directly on the website if you're anti-Patrick. But who's really anti-Patrick? Go to www.calixsolutions.io. Everyone have a great day. I will see you tomorrow.